just you know, took a tour last year. Uh, a year ago uh, now, uh, Dad and Open House went there, toured the facility. It's great. It's amazing how much they've really grown. Yeah. And yet still have this very small facility. It's a, it's a really tremendous place, and if you get a chance to visit it, like whiskey, you, you just want something unique to do. Mm-hmm. Go tour the factory. It's it's pretty special. Nice. No, that, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, right. On an open house day, they, you get there there are samples, there oh. are desserts, made with the Cleveland whiskey. Oh, I know. And yeah, it's it's a good time. Uh, you got to have. I didn't get to have any of the desserts. I'm jealous. They're gonna be having one in October. We'll keep you up to date on that at open house. Matt might have to. Uh, Squeak in and get some uh, <laughs> some, some desserts there. You lucky guy. Uh, you had my wife's pumpkin roll. That is true. <laughs> that Jesse's pumpkin roll second to none. Hey, hey, you got your pumpkin roll when you were down here. You can't complain too that much. Is, that <laughs> is very true. You are right. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the leftover. So it was uh, it was great. We, we, we had a fun time. It was it, we went uh, hung out in the flats and all that. It was it was awesome. If any of you guys are going down to Cleveland. Hit me or Matt up on Twitter at AndyMC81 at MattFlerJancic. Let us know. We'll give you some of the cool spots to go to. So many hidden gems there. Um, but, Matt, I like what you said with the Ravens. Everyone crowning Lamar Jackson, falling over themselves. Oh, the Ravens. First two wins against the Miami Dolphins, who have been nothing short of this. This week is the first week they are not 20-point underdogs. They are 15.5-point underdogs versus the Chargers. Miami sucks. Then he played the Cardinals with that little nugget, Kyler Murray, who also stinks. So you have two teams who are hot garbage who they took advantage of and put up big points. Okay. As you said, against Kansas City, that score, I think, is a little more complimentary because the Chiefs called off. They don't have a great defense, but they played a professional football team. And what happened? Started to be a little exposed. And that what stood out to me again each week, watching Lamar Jackson, unlike Russell Wilson or any of the quasi-mobile quarterbacks that can last in this league, which are few and far between, Russell Wilson gets out of bounds. Russell Wilson slides. Lamar Jackson goes head first. Lamar Jackson takes hard hits. And with those skinny little pencil legs, Matt, sooner rather than later, that dude's going to be injured and knocked out if he keeps it up. And you know what? With the way Miles Garrett's going, it might be at the hands of the G-Rex. I love that nickname, by right? the way. Right? That's fantastic. He, uh, he, he, he has a shirt. He had a shirt, G-Rex. Uh, he, and, and to be honest, there should be no greater example of that than the guy who's backing him up, Robert Kirsten III. Yeah, yes. A cautionary tale. He has to protect himself on the football field and boiled what was a pretty good career trajectory. Now he's a career backup Yeah. Uh, because he refused to get down. He thought he was just faster. Well, I don't know what I'm trying to say. So does the DB and the linebacker that are trying to attack you there. And they're a hell of a lot bigger than you. Mm-hmm. So, Four three speed, yeah, great. It makes you a track star when you're running at the combine. You put on pads, you slow down a little bit. Guess what? They don't. It's a different ball game. Yeah, man. You can't you can't survive in this league as a quarterback if you don't learn to protect yourself. And even Carson Wentz last night took a couple of shots because he tried to extend plays. Yeah. Like even though Carson Wentz. A thicker, thicker-bodied individual. You know he's got a lot of injuries coming too. So you can't not. You have to protect yourself at all times. You can't always rely on and speed because this level, everybody's athletic and everybody's fast. That's right. 
65 times a second tackle can catch it. That's right. Yeah. And people calling uh, uh, Lamar Jackson Baby Vic now. Well, last time I checked, Michael Vick, while explosive at times, didn't win squat and kept getting injured. The only guy who had any sort of uh, length in this league and whose body is badly broken down now is Cam Newton, but he was a physical freak. So for Lamar Jackson, I will give him credit. He has um, gotten a, a, a bit more accurate and has, has shown being a better uh, passer than he was last year, but still, way too many sacrifices. Now, I, so I think that'll come up to, to, to catch him at some point, Matt. The question will be, though, will it be this week, and how do the Browns contain him and Ingram? Because uh, for, for Ingram and, and Jackson, you have to always defend him, and so that run game, Ingram's been a monster on the ground, and really the only passing options that have done anything of any consistency for him has been the tight ends, and they can rotate those guys uh, through Hurst, Boyle, Andrews, like they have a ton of options where Jackson just feeds it. Nice, simple, nice, simple program, nice, simple patterns by Greg Roman, who was the OC for Colin Kaepernick. It's the same formula. Check down Charlie. Check down Charlie. Yeah. And it's working. Yeah, it is. Um, it's maddening. It's maddening at times for fantasy football owners uh, or managers, rather, uh, because you don't know which tight end is going to be the one that oh. breaks out. Is going to be the one that's on your bench most likely? Yeah, you, you, you uh, can't pick it. position has been an absolute black hole for the last three years if you don't have Kelsey, Ertz, or Kittle. And uh, Andrew, to start to prove they could get your one tight end, but it's inconsistent. He has double-digit fantasy point production to the first two weeks that has four last week. Uh, yeah. Then you look at Mark Ingram, and he – Single-handedly beat me in a fantasy league last week. He's been oh. the first one to you know, and he's been complimenting what Lamar Jackson does well, and that's why they're experiencing success. The run game, you can try to defend against just the running backs, and then deal with Lamar. But when you let Lamar go, that really affects the entire running game. Everything jump started. Uh, and then you look at the tight ends. I mean, he didn't have a completion against the Chiefs uh, to a wide receiver until the second quarter. I mean, all of his completions were the tight ends or the backs. He's a, he's a check-down kind of guy. Uh, but the Ravens kind of win it right there. And you have to find a way to combat that. You know what they're strong at. Try to make them go with what they haven't proven yet. And that's making plays down the field with wide receivers. That's right. Make them stretch the ball. Don't give them over the middle. You stuff that up. The Browns defense was remarkable in that. Uh, so shorthanded in the loss to the Rams. Almost a pick six. It burst and run into the back of Joe Schobert there. Um, but Demarius Randall's back. Looks like the corners in Ward and Greedy Williams are still banged up with hamstring injuries. So that that's not helping anything. But yeah, Matt, like you, you have Baltimore defense too. That the front seven's been real good, but their corners are banged up, and Kansas City was able to exploit them. So I think it comes down again for Baker and Freddie Kitchens. We'll see. Week four, can they finally learn and keep with getting the ball out of Baker's hands quickly, just like the Rams did, Matt? Right? It was nice. It was backyard football. Slants over the middles, down and out. Button hooks, just get the ball out of your quarterback hands quickly and then earn the downfield. But uh, the play calling was maddening in that loss to, to the Rams that really, in the game, they should have won. 
I'm sure there was a safety meeting that day. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> and that would have been, that, that arguably would have been the biggest win that they had since they beat the Falcons in week 17 of the 2002 season. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. Because but didn't happen. they weren't able to pull it together, so now they've got to, you know, regroup and go kick off AFC North Division play um, against the the top team in the division. Let's put it this way: they're defending champs. They're number yeah. one right now. They are never a better opportunity to go prove what you've done and how you've improved than by going out and taking care of the top dog. And and they're gonna have that chance. And again, you win. You're in first place. Conversation totally changes. The problem is, Matt, we haven't seen on the offensive side that they can do that. Now, defense from week one, we've seen improvement there, and they're looking really good. So I'm I'm comfortable there, but the offense has to have sustained drives. You have to be able to keep that defense fresh. And like Jarvis Landry, there's quotes coming out. You popped it up on WKYC Sports uh, or WKYC.com slash sports of Jarvis Landry saying after the loss to Freddie, we got a great team. Jarvis, leader, his leadership is, is next level. But, like, okay, you, you, have, you have the confidence. You say you're not worried. I'm more worried, Matt, again, about Freddie Kitchen's play calling than Baker Mayfield. Is that, is that fair to say? Yeah, uh, because Freddie's questionable play calling arguably threw away the Rams game. Uh, yes. I don't understand the draw on fourth and nine. Idiotic. That was an audible. So I'm not going to completely throw Freddie under the bus for that one. But the four cracks inside the five and no Nick Chubb touches, that's a problem. Yeah. That needs to be rectified. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, that makes no sense. No sense. And, and I don't know, like, what the relationship is, but Todd Munkin up in the booth, should he not be like, uh, Freddie, um, might want to hand the ball off. Like, at that position, you have Nick Chubb, who is going for chunk plays. Run it four times. If the Rams stop you four times, they're the better team that day. No one's going to question it. Not a problem. You try to get too cute. You don't have a lot of space. And turnovers and sacks and rush plays happen. And that's exactly what we saw. It was infuriating being there live to see that when you could have had that game. So very perplexing. Um... I don't know, Matt. I think we're going to find out a lot about, about Freddie Kitchens and where this team's at. Because if he has another game where it's his play calling that causes some either the loss directly or leads to it, uh, now we're a month in. And I think some hard questions are going to have to be asked. Because I don't know if you turn it over to Munkin, if you do that and Freddie doesn't like it, then you have dissension in the room. And, and you know, then we're back to the kind of the same old Browns and we don't want to be there. Yeah, there is no easy answer other than just going out and executing your assignments and succeeding on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays, whatever day of the week you play. That's it. Just go do what you do. Yeah. And try to do it a little bit better than what you have in the first few weeks. Realistically, the Browns understand this. They're the only ones that can fix their problems. Right. Nobody else is walking through that door to magically, uh, you know, Grant them three wishes and say, here you go, everything's great. They're the only ones that can affect their futures, and they understand it, which is a good sign. Now they have to go do something about it because, you know, Hugh Jackson talked a good game too, and mm-hmm. 
window. That's it. Right now, now you got it. You say stuff. I'm tired of the it's on me stuff. Or I got to do better. Okay, do better. Do it. You said you're going to run the ball more. You sort of did, not really. Said you're going to get the hands of the ball out of the uh, hands of Baker Mayfield more. You, you didn't. You were running plays where three guys on a go route. Why isn't there an underneath option? Why isn't there a dump option? Yeah, it's on Baker to make the reads, but if the play is everyone's going deep, he doesn't have that option. Get the ball out of his damn hands quickly, Matt. Like, don't be cute. Don't be going for the home run. Earn the deep ball. You haven't earned it. Teams know to drop back and wait, and then they take away the looks, can't. and Baker's running out. I know you can't run tempo the entire game, but if you start out running tempo and it's a you know quick move on the next play, you know running gun type of style, and it works, why go away from it for two and a half quarters? I don't know. I don't know. I I would when they come out and they score a touchdown on their first drive. They should be with the mindset that we're going to come out and do it again until you stop it, and we're going to find something else that works until you stop that. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to keep coming at you, and we're going to keep putting on points. I don't like the, oh, we scored on our opening drive. We're going to let our defense do the work for the rest of the day. BS. As many times across that goal line as you can get, and Mm -hmm. I don't see how you do it. If you run it and you slug it out on a 15 foot drive, great. And the end result is the same. Getting a touchdown, it doesn't matter how you get there. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Don't get cute. Don't get fancy. Go back. Maybe, uh, like, Matt, there's, there's collaboration, I know, between Freddie and Munkin. Is it, like, should Freddie be going back to what worked last year and just his own thing? Like, I don't know. There just seems to be something not not right. And I think it's really as simple as run simple routes. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that, and I would also say collaboration is kind of history of never working. Yeah. At least for the Browns. Yeah. If somebody tries to influence their, themselves too much, and it, it ends up falling apart. It doesn't work. Yeah. That is why it was curious to see Munkin take this job, because he didn't have the play calling ability that he had in Tampa Bay. And I'm pretty sure he could have gone somewhere else and had – play-calling abilities. Yeah. Have they the control. Figured out. And if that is Freddie just saying, hey, you know what? I'm acquiescing. Look, you were a coordinator for eight years. Like, it's not like you've been a play-caller for 15 years. No. Nope. Okay? No. Nope. We, we understand that you like calling plays. Everybody likes calling plays when they work. It's the sexy job. It's the job that gets you hired. Sure. Okay, great. You did it for eight games, nine if you count the preseason games. It's not like you've been doing this since dirt was invented and the game was first driven up, okay? You have to start trusting guys to put your players in position to make plays. If you can't, they shouldn't be on your staff. Exactly. Why? Yeah, so uh, why do you take that, uh, the job? It's hindsight, so it doesn't really matter, but boy, it's sure looking early anyway that, like, the best situation might have been getting experienced head coach like a Bruce Arians who openly wanted this job and keep Freddie as an OC and have him learn a bit and then maybe transition into that role. But didn't work out that way. And, and we're, we're here in a position where there's a lot of talent, but now you got to figure out how are you getting the ball? How are you scheming to get the ball into your playmaker's hands? Um, you got Rashard Higgins, who looks like he should be coming back. We just got an injury report here from the Browns. Let's see. Uh, Morgan Burnett, quadricep, Denzel Ward, hamstring, Greedy Williams. 
are among the six players considered questionable. Uh, Hubbard, Higgins, uh, who were out the last two games, and Sheldrick Redwine uh, are also questionable. So we got that. Um, Kendall Lamb will miss his third consecutive game as the backup tackle. We now raise within that is. And... Yeah, man, there, there we go. Like, it'd be great if Rashard Higgins came back just for that, that comfort level. But it's not like they don't have weapons, Matt. It's not like the Browns don't have weapons to use. You just got to get them open and scheme to do it. That's that's what the problem is. It's not the players. It's how do you do it. And you're without a tight end, uh, an accomplished tight end, and you don't have a fullback um, to really be that, that power blocker when you're in goal line position. That's on Dorsey. That's a personnel thing. But you just got to try to make accommodations and not have those empty sets. Because, Matt, when we saw the empty set, obviously the defense knows you're not running. They just lay back, block up all the options, and before you know it, Baker's running for his life and makes a mistake. They have to figure out how to take better advantage of their skill players. I mean, they have pro bowlers at wide receiver. Yep. It's the first time I can remember two pro bowlers at the receiver position in a long time for this team. Yeah, man. In Landry and Beckham. You have Chubb, who was a borderline pro bowler, rookie of the year finalist last year, game breaker. Uh, and yet we can't find a way to get him the ball. And that's partially why Jarvis Landry is returning punts now, because that's how he feels he can affect the game most positively. Mm-hmm. Which is a problem because he's a hell of a receiver. Yes. And you and he's great at the slot routes, the slants, the underneath, the crossers. He can make plays. He can catch a five yard pass and take it 25, 30 yards. Yep. He has that ability. He's shown it. And if you have him and Odell line up on the same side, and you have Odell do an intermediate or longer route, and you have Jarvis Langer underneath, guess what? Your Pro Bowl wide receiver is against the linebacker. And outside of Luke Keekley, I'm pretty sure he's winning that battle 99 times out of 100. Yeah. Matt, you know that. I know that. We're saying that. Why has Freddie not done that? That's what we need to see fixed. That's what's frustrating. We're seeing all this. So why isn't it getting done? Because you go to one and three, man. I know the schedule's tough, but one and three can turn to one and four, one and five, one and six real quick. And we got to stop that right now. Especially, especially because of the meat grinder you got coming up. I of course, you're, you're getting Seattle, New England, Monday night against San Francisco, which I still think is more winnable than people give us credit for. Yeah, I do too. Um, I mean, you're going through the absolute grinder at this point, and you've got to figure out a way to get get it fixed. Because if you don't, then oh man, <laughs> well, bad things happen. But uh, Matt, yeah, you can't, in my opinion, you can't let this opportunity go by the boards at Baltimore because it could set you up nice for a nice lead, excuse me, for a, a two, not as two game winning streak going into the teeth of your schedule. Yeah, and then going into the uh, after after San Francisco, then you got Seattle, then the bye. But Matt, now two wins have gone away, have slipped away. Tennessee, which extraordinarily winnable. And the Rams, which would have been an upset, but you were in position to win. So now you got to make up two wins instead of one. And it starts getting a little ridiculous. All right. Let's get our Cleveland Whiskey score and prediction for Sunday Browns at say that Ravens. 24-21 gives to upset the Ravens. Whoa. All right. 24. Is it, now, are we looking at an Austin Seibert uh, last, uh, last second winning field goal? Or, or, or what are we talking about? 
I'm taking the Browns to win this game by three points. I think they have a legitimate shot to go ahead and knock the bully off the block and show that the AFC North is very much not going to run through Baltimore and Pittsburgh this year. Up for grabs. And the Ravens are motivated to show, oh, the Browns were all hyped up and blah, 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 and all that. So they have their motivation. Now, I, I think the higher the score in this game is, because the Browns haven't proven they can keep pace yet, that's where it's going to be in trouble. So I think the Browns win a, a closer, low-scoring game. Lamar Jackson starts to be exposed. So I will say 21-17 Browns win. That's what I'll go with. Again, we, we're seeing the same things. We know that they're closer than uh, national media pundits are giving them credit for. But now they have to go prove it. And there's no better proving ground than going into what has been a house of horrors for the franchise since 1999 and handing the Ravens a second straight loss. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not always going to be pretty. You're going to have to slug it out in the trenches uh, against a very physical team. But this is your proving ground. This is your measuring stick. If you can't beat this team, you don't belong in the upper echelon of AFC teams. I will say this, though, about the hype machine. For all that the Ravens have been talking this week about hearing how great the Browns are, we all had to hear about how great Lamar Jackson was, too. Oh, and yeah. Especially after that Miami game. Yeah. Yeah, how about especially that? Especially after, oh, he almost beat he almost fled the upset against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, almost up in time. Almost. There was no room for almost win in the in the uh, in the standings. Uh, so yeah, I I'm not sure that not trying to play up that oh the Browns hype train. Uh, to me, it doesn't hold as much water because there's just as much junk being talked out of Baltimore about their quarterback than there was coming out of Cleveland. A lot of the stuff that was said about Cleveland. And, and, and to be fair, a lot of the stuff said about Lamar was on a national scale. Correct. It wasn't coming from either one. Now you get the chance to prove who's better, Lamar's hype or the Browns' hype. Or the Browns' hype. Yeah. 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 You know, you're right. Everyone wants to crown Lamar Jackson. Hopefully, quietly, the Browns take that into account and the defense does in-house. They don't have to say anything out loud, but send the message that it is true how I feel that Lamar Jackson is fake I don't think he is going to be have longevity in this league, and it's time for him to get squashed. I don't care if it's Miles Garrett, Vernon could do something, Ogan Joe, I don't care. Somebody get to him, stuff him up, and expose him for the fraud with those rat birds that he and that offense is. I hope not. Oh, Steelers and Ravens, they just they bring me to the point of, of almost swearing on air all the time because I can't stand them. Drives me crazy nuts oh so well we'll, we'll see i hope uh, i hope you you've done well you've done well oh, it together man it's close it gets close man but you know what uh let us know what you think uh, for our cleveland whiskey prediction matt says would you say 24 21 browns i say 21 17 browns um and set the tone reset this season but let us know on our Cleveland Whiskey question there and visit our buddies there, clevelandwhiskey.com, on social media, at Cleveland Whiskey on Instagram, at Cleve Whiskey on Twitter. And Matt's going to have a whole bunch of great stories, wkyc.com slash sports, and at Matt Florjancic, and you can get me as well at andymc81. All right, buddy, that'll do it. Let's hope we got a Victory Monday show coming up too. 
I love Victory Mondays, and oh. I look forward to talking with you in about 72 hours, my friend. There you go, brother. There you go. Love it. All right, make sure you get Matt there. You've been listening to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns on SB Nation's Dogs by Nature.